What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan here, joined today by Ian O'Neill to look ahead to this, uh, you know, not a bad card, and a very good main event between Bilal Mohammed and Vicente Luca. Before I do that, I must tell you that BetUS is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for that card, UFC on ESPN 34, Luca versus Mohammed 2. Use the code SHERDOG and get up to $2,500 in extra money to make fight night even better at betus.com you can not only bet on each fight but they have loads of awesome parallels to choose from too bet live during the fights and your winnings are paid within hours start the fight at betus.com use the code SHERDOG right um, let's get straight into it Ian if, if you don't know Ian O'Neill one of the best journalists coming out of Ireland actually in Canada at the moment but we'll, we'll still call him coming out of Ireland uh, co-host of the Old Triangle over in Severe and May very very good podcast and lots of podcasts with me as well over the, the Severe and May uh, Patreon been around again for a while and uh, one of the best guys at breaking down fights previewing fights and previewing fight cards so it's great to have Ian on here to talk about uh, the main card now before we get into it I, I actually had Spencer Clyde on as well to talk about the prelims and kind of in the middle of the recordings the prelims have been moved around fights have been cancelled moved up and down so we've half the fights here we've half the fights with Spencer as well we, we don't know what order they're in so the UFC can put them in any order so we're going to look ahead to the five fights here uh, that we have and the rest are over on the, the prelims preview but the main fight is the one we're going to talk about first and that's Vicente Luque versus Bulal Mohammed. obviously a rematch of the fight they had it feels like a long, long time ago. I went back and watched that fight. You'd hardly recognise the two lads uh, coming out of it. First of all, Ian, before we get into the breakdown of the whole fight, uh, the, the 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 upcoming fight and everything like that, do you think much can be taken from that first fight? It was a very, very quick fight. Um, uh, obviously, a very quick win for Vicente Luque finishing uh, Balan Mohammed inside a couple of minutes. Do you think much can be taken from that fight in terms of both technically and mentally? I think that both technically and mentally that things can be taken from that fight because, you know, let's talk about the the mental factor of it. Malal Mohammed went in there and, and he got knocked out against Vicente Luque in that fight. So for him to step in there and want to take this fight at this stage in his career proves to me that, you know, he does have the mental capacity to have the confidence and his ability to go in there and in and go in there and have a better performance number one and obviously go in there and try to get the win as well i mean a win over vicente luque um is is huge it'll it'll put him right into the title picture if you ask me in the welterweight division but you know he has to get over luque first luque i feel you know on a technical basis if i want to keep on balel muhammad i think if you were to compare the two, I think technically Bilal Muhammad over the years since that fight has gotten a lot better in his skills. Um, I also believe that Luke has gotten better too, but I believe that the level of skills that Muhammad has 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 garnered and and as and the amount of um, kind of layers he's added to his game has has been much better than what we've seen from Luke. But that being said, I'm still not sure if it's enough. To, to kind of beat Luke in this fight. Luke is what you see, is what you get. Just technically beautiful in all aspects of the game. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, black belt, uh, excellent kind of Muay Thai striker, um, beautiful inside the pocket and has devastating power. And, you know, he has gotten better. He's got he's got more refined technically, I think, over the years. I think Luke was always someone, and I had the pleasure of seeing him progress through the UFC, but I think. He's refined his skills. He knows what he's good at. And, and 
picking up some big wins lately, you add some confidence into that. All of those things makes him a truly great fighter right now. Sometimes I come into a preview and I'm, I'm talking to lads and we have completely different ideas of a, of a fighter, of a fighter, but I think we're very much uh, on the same footing here. Like, the improvements from Bilal needed to be more than Luke. I think we'd both agree because Luke at the time was at a higher level than Bilal. But sometimes, you know, let's say they were this was the level beforehand and now they both reached that level. Sometimes that little bit, that little extra last to get from 95% to 100% of your best fighter is harder than getting the 95%. You know, and I think the word refined which you use there is absolutely perfect because if you watch Luke and some of his recent fights... I think he's been picking that shot a lot better, you know, picking the power shot a lot better. Even the Woodley fight, I think, was a great example of that. Now, Woodley did come out and he made it, I, I suppose, he made it easier for him in a way, in, in the way he, you know, just leapt forward. And look, he hit him pretty hard as well and nearly knocked him out at one stage. But, you know, that, that tends to happen. He waited for it. He waited for Chiesa to make the mistake and he finished him on the ground. I think, you know, he's had the kind of a rise that people think that uh, Masvidal has had. And I think he's done it in a more sustained, and as you said, a refi- great word, love that word, refined way. Because if you if you look at him, as you said as well, what you see is what you get. I'm robbing all your points because they're very good. Finisher on the ground, finisher with his hands, high guard, good defensively, good Muay Thai, as you mentioned, throws those lovely knees through the middle, lovely jab, lovely leg kicks, just does it all very, very well. And it feels like as well... When you have all of that from an attacking point of view and a counter shot might be his best shot, that makes him a very, very dangerous fighter because you you could back up against him, it's not going to work. You can come forward against him and it's not going to work as well. But for Bilal, I, I think watching that first fight, you saw Luke kind of switching stances being more varied. Bilal watching him recently, he is the one now switching stances. He is the one being more varied. And that's the one word that I wrote down in my notes here in big capital letters, varied. He's become such a varied fighter and such a different fighter to a lot out there because he's he uses his cardio as a weapon, I think, as well. And his ability to vary his attacks and do different things is based on that cardio and his ability to go in and take lads like Wonderboy down is based on that cardio and that ability as well he's a lovely lead hook inside you know he's loose on the outside as we, as I mentioned good wrestling lots of fakes jabs well the one thing I would say I don't think he jabs enough and I think against Vicente Luque I think he's going to need to up that but what, what we have seen from Belen Mohamed over the last while is very intelligent adjustments in his game for who he is fighting um and you know you look at him in, in certain fights and you might you might think he's the best wrestler in the world and he comes out and he takes Wonderboy down at will something that really hasn't been done throughout Wonderboy's career save for Matt Brown in, in the early days in his UFC career so it's an interesting fight like it it, it comes down to exactly what you said Balal Muhammad has risen has risen has risen at a massively high level to get to where Luke is, but who has taken that extra step from where they might have been even to where they're not even anymore, and who's going to win this fight? I honestly don't know. What, what do you think? Who, if you were to give a prediction for this fight, or if there is something maybe even just not simply, oh, who's going to win? What do you think maybe a key will be to winning this fight? I think the key will be... Um, the key will be how Luke deals with the grappling of Muhammad in this fight because I feel I after getting knocked out 
And I feel if there is a weakness per se in Muhammad's game, I do feel it's in the boxing realm. I feel that he leaves himself open for shots a little bit too much. And we saw that in the first fight. I think the switching of the stances of Luke was so key in that first fight because you can't get a read on an opponent when he stays. You're getting yourself set to land those shots. Then the opponent switches stance. You get a different look. So when you're changing over in the back, and I think what Muhammad found himself doing in that first fight was kind of waiting in the pocket, trying to figure Luke out. And you just can't do that with a guy like Luke who has vicious power. And he found out the hard way when he got knocked out early in the first round in the first fight. What he needs to do this time, Mohammed needs to stay at distance and he needs to fight relatively on the outside and try to draw Luke in with those big shots and try to counter those big shots with takedowns. The problem is in this fight, though, with Luke in comparison to what Mohammed did against Wonderboy Thompson is that Luke is an absolute animal on the ground as well. And you'll be seen against Chiesa if you do try to take him down, you could end up getting submitted, you could end up getting dar stroked. And I think. All those facets put together makes this a very difficult fight for me, in my eyes, for Muhammad to win. I think that Luke just hasn't beaten almost every aspect. And I feel that Muhammad is probably going to run out of ideas and we might see the same fate for him in this fight again. That's an interesting pick, a very, very interesting pick. Honestly, I was listening to her and I'm still not sure of my pick for this one. I think... I think Muhammad needs to bring it late. And I think he needs to invest early, whether it's kicking to the body, you know, taking that gas tank away a little bit from Luke, you know, a few takedowns. If he can, look, if he can win one of the first three rounds, you'd nearly favor him. And if he can stay in there and not get knocked out, no, not, you know, saying that Luke go out and win all five rounds or what, 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 you know, whatever way I might. And, you know, if he can hurt him a few times throughout the fight as well, we know the judging criteria. They're they're going to score those big, hurtful shots over takedowns and over line on top. That's another thing Mohammed's going to have to do as well is up the pace on the ground and not just later. But I think your point as well about uh, Luke being good on the ground is well made because look what Michael Chiesa did. Oh, yeah, I'll take Vicente Luke down. Oh, do you know, I have him, I have him, I have him. Uh, okay, he got out. He's safe. I'm submitted. I'm tapping. <laughs> you know? It, 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 it came it was, so fast. It was literally came that. so fast. You'd hardly see it coming. It, yeah. Isn't that Vicente Luque though all over when he's striking Andy submissions? He's he'd almost finish you out of nowhere, isn't he? And maybe that's because that that's why we see Luke or Luke as such a dynamic striker because mm-hmm. he has that ability. He knows he has that like defensive jujitsu ability. But I think the key, especially in this fight, is going to be those wrestling exchanges. It's going to be who can push you up against the fence, who's going to be on the front foot, and who's going to be on the back foot. And Muhammad is going to want to put Luke on the back foot to get him up against the cage to try and get him down to try and dominate him there. Whereas Luke is going to try and do the exact same thing and I think it's just going to make for a great fight it's a really good main event and in ways it could be a really different fight than we've seen than the first time and it could be completely the same I I can see long Muhammad winning the decision or Luke getting the finish that's the only way I can kind of see this I'd be very very surprised and and all credit to Muhammad if he can get Luke out of there because he is a tough cookie yeah and never mean finishing the UFC I don't think yeah. yeah, Luke is, is in my opinion, the best of the rest right now. I mean, in, in the welterweight division, he's knocking right on the door, man. He's only 30 years of age. He's been around for so long. 
It's crazy, man. I, I love watching him fight. And I'm tuning in anytime Vicente Luque fights. And, and this is a really intriguing matchup. It, it's a massive fight, too, because if you look, look at Leon Edwards, you know, how long has he been waiting? And he's been winning fights. Imagine if you lose a fight and you're on that way up. It's a massive fight based on that alone. If you win the fight, it, you know, it, it actually doesn't do lots for you in terms of the division. You're still going to be behind Leon. You're still going to be behind, you know, uh, we're recording this to break AFAB just before Hamzat versus, uh, versus Gilbert. But whoever won that fight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Hamzat won the fight. Uh, you know, you're going to be behind that person. So it, it's, it's massive. You don't want to be even further back, you know. And uh, I think, look, for Mohammed. He's just made so many improvements. For him to be knocked back would be massive. And for Luca, it feels like I'll use the word again and that I robbed from you, that that refined nature that has made him an elite fighter. If that doesn't take him to the precipice of a title shot right now, that must be very downheartening as well for him. So it's a massive fight. And look, if I was to call it I I, you know, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably change my pick before I, uh, I this comes out again. But I'd probably go with Luke as well to to get the finish. Maybe let that power is just too much. And the one thing I think that separates Luke from other guys is that when you come at him with a game plan to maybe nullify him, to take him down, to take him out of his game plan that he has an X factor that's not just offensive, it's also defensive in that he can knock you out or choke you out when you're in a position where maybe you would think you're getting dominated. And that is a massive thing, I think, in this fight. And it, as you said, if Bilal Muhammad can survive that, he's one damn good fighter. And you know what? He is a damn good fighter, to be honest, and he might be able to do it. And I, I'm very, very much looking forward to this. Like, this is one of these fights as well, I think. In in the welterweight division, in the lightweight division, you have guys like this who are probably ranked, you know, uh, between five and ten or somewhere like that. I have done it the right kids in front of me, but it, it, this would be a title fight somewhere else. You know, this would be a, a real dead-on number one contender fight somewhere else. But at welterweight, at lightweight, these are the type of fights you get all the time. You know, like Shamayev and Burns uh, last weekend, as it will be, or you know, maybe Sean Brady might be in a big fight here coming up or something like that. It, and it's great to see, and I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing this one. Um, and uh, yeah, I, we're both going for Luke, but I don't say it with uh, with too much confidence. Um, as I said, we, we'll mention a few of uh, the other fights here coming up. I'm not exactly sure what order they're going to be in, but we will go through them anyway. And we, you know, if the fight's happening, you'll be watching it, and we we will go through it. Um, Hafa Garcia versus Jesse Ronson. Uh, look. It's a fight. I, I went back and I watched uh, a good bit of, of both of guys as much as I could anyway. Hafa uh, Garcia, if you remember him, he's the guy that had Cub Swanson and Justin Gaethje in his corner. Look, he's a high-pressure fighter. He fights what he's given. He'll you know, if he, you give him a leg and you catch it, he'll take you down. Um, you know, if you want to fight in defeat, he'll fight you there. There, like, there isn't too much high quality analysis I'm going to do in him. But he's twelve and two, a very, very good record. And with those kind of guys in his corner, a good fighter as well. Jesse Ronson's just coming back off of uh, a USADA ban here, I believe. Failed the drug test in his last fight. He's a strong southpaw kickboxer. I was looking at his last fight, and uh, I was thinking, oh, geez, this guy's a strong guy. And I was looking at his record. Oh, why isn't he fought in a while? And then Google was like, oh yeah, okay. 
he got you sad. So maybe uh, maybe that's it. But look, that's your old-fashioned southpaw kickboxer against orthodox high-pressure fighter. Rather than you know look at the matchup itself, Ian, I just want to ask you as you know you uh, people don't know you've had a few amateur fights yourself, and uh, you know I've I've trained you know southpaws and, and orthodox fighters. What are the different keys? To that southpaw versus orthodox, because I do, I do think this will be largely a kickboxing match with that orthodox fighter against this the southpaw um, fighter. No, Garcia, I think probably add in a few takedowns as well. But what are the keys to that? Are, are we, I know it opens up the head kick an awful lot. I know it opens up the inside leg kick. What are some few things we should be looking out for in this fight, but in others as well? Well, it's basically when you're talking about orthodox versus southpaw, it's a battle of defeat. Whoever has their foot on the outside, you want to be looking for that outside foot position and that will open up an array of strikes for both of these fighters. And you're going to see that in this fight. You know, Both of these fighters are going to be battling for that outside foot position, which opens up the straight right hands or straight left hands, whatever you want to call it. And I think, you know, like leg kicks, everything like that. And it's going to be interesting to see how these two guys go in. Rafa Gar- Garcia is coming in as, as the former combat Bacha, America's lightweight champion. And, you know, he didn't have a best run of luck coming in to, to the UFC and had a tough debut against Naspar, Naspar Hasbarat as well. So um, he got a win in his last fight. Um, looked good doing that. Like an age-old Mexican just grits the gum shield and bites down and and, and he'll he'll hammer and hammer and hammer away. But he's going to be looking to to try and get that that outside foot position. He's going to be trying to land those, those straight straight shots does jabs uh kicks to the body kicks to the leg uh it's always intriguing to see uh southpaw versus orthodox and and to me it'll really go down to the battle of the foot position and who can who can implement their striking what is also very intriguing to see is what we'll see in the next fight and cow uh cow bahayo i've been practicing that one all day against uh, another one uh gadzi omar gadziev who both guys coming off the contender series it feels like everyone in this card is coming off the contender series but this is we talk about a clash of styles in the last fight this is the ultimate clash of styles you have Bahayo who is the loose karate stylist on the outside with good takedown defense loves that jumping knee right down through the middle and we'll get to jumping knees later on talking about Munir Lazez but he, he throws that slip left hook fighting off the back foot my kind of fighter look at these lads here behind me you'd know he's my kind of fighter by probably looking at them I've really, really like. He also has a takedown of his own, and that he fought twice in the contender series. One thing as well, I just noticed this fight is actually at one eighty-five, and he fought one fight in the contender series at one eighty-five, one at two o five, and he was way better in the fight at two o five. I'm actually, it's a pity that this is is at one eighty-five. His opponent Omar Gadziev, he's your look, he's your Russian wrestler. That's about it. He's very good though. He waits for the takedown. Ties up those legs like Habib Nurmagomedov, you know, gets his legs tied up on top of your legs, gives you no space, gets that head on on your chest, just pushes you down, vicious ground and pound, lovely elbows through the middle. Uh, He won by knee bar in Dana White's contender series as well, so he's a finisher, he's 13 and 0 in his career. So a very, very interesting, look, this is a wrestler versus... um, karate stylist matchup, the old school kind of Lyoto Machida guy against the, the Habib Nurmagomedov guy. What are the keys for that, Ian? Tell us. Like, how, if you're a karate stylist, right? And I know, you know, you came up in Ireland at the time when everyone else was coming up in Ireland trying to fight like Gunny Nelson, Conor McGregor, and stuff, being a karate stylist. That style sometimes can be very, very good if you can be elusive enough on the outside. Um, and and get away from your opponent if they're a heavy wrestler. I'm just looking here. This fight card is on at the UFC Apex, so it's not going to be the biggest indeed <laughs> cage in the world. Not going to help, is it? 
No, and that doesn't, you need space when you're going in there. Like if you're looking at your karate stance, you're leaving that leg out there, number one. You need to make sure that your distance control is on point there because, uh, and you do that, you'll, you'll throw your jab out there, you'll throw a front kick out there, but you have to tread carefully, not that it doesn't get caught. I mean, um, look at the the smaller cage, and we've talked about it time and time again, Sean, it, 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 it's it's not really good for strikers. It's, it suits grapplers so much better. It gives them the option of closing the distance and, and, and getting guys up against the cage. And that's what Omar Gazayev is going to do in this fight. He's going to try and close the distance. I can see him just coming out and rushing here and, and he's going to be wanting to put Baraglio on the back foot straight away. What Baraglio is going to have to do is he's just going to have to stay circling and he's going to have to stay patient. He cannot try and rush his shots here against the wrestler. He cannot try and force anything. He's going to have to try and be patient, uh, keep his distance so that he can see that shot coming and he cannot find himself with his back against the cage at all in this fight if he does he's going to have his ass on the mat that's for sure 100 uh before we move on we tell you ufc on espn 34 luke versus Muhammad 2 is more fun when you bet at betus.com use that code sherdog to get an incredible 125 percent bonus up to $2,500. Vicente Luque is the favourite at the moment, but not by much. So get in now or even choose to bet inside the distance out. So myself and Ian both reckon at this stage and increase your winnings. At BetUS.com, you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use the code SHERDOG. S-H-E-R-D-O-G. And you know what, Ian? Speaking of dogs, Zaleski Dos Santos. He's a he's a dog in there. This guy is this oh, guy is a, yes. oh he's a fighter I like watching. And now to be fair, Munir Lazes as well. I know we've talked about him before. This guy is a legit prospect, and it's funny to say it because it feels like he's been around forever, but he hasn't. You know he hasn't. He's he only kind of came into the UFC in, in Fight Island. But like if you look at uh, if you look at look you look at Munir Lazes, he's a much easier fighter to look at. And and to, to understand kind of what he is, all knees and elbows, head kicks at a high rate, great head movement, really good defensively up close. Even though in that uh, that fight uh, in Fight Island, the name I can't remember now, um, he was so calm. And I think it was Carmian in the commentary was saying, oh, he's getting hit. He's, and he wasn't getting hit. But he encourages people to come in. And you know what? I wouldn't encourage most people to fight the way that Munir and it was Abdel Razak al-Hassan, wasn't it? I wouldn't encourage That's most right, people yeah. to fight the way he fights. Uh, but for him, it works so well. And he's like this Muay Thai stylist, just like taken out of fucking Bangkok and put into <laughs> the, the, the UFC's octagon. And coming in against the, the Zaleki Dos Santos, oh God, he's, he's a very different type of fighter. You know, he picks his shots, he lands at power. He, he knocked out Sean Strickland with a big wheel kick, so he has a bit of a bit of that to him as well. He, he took Lyman good down immediately as well, so he's like he's not a striker, he's not a wrestler, he's a well-rounded mixed martial artist. BJJ, unbelievable, very good wrestling. Oh, throws that he throws the knee too. You know, he throws that knee down through the middle too. This fight, do you know what this fight will tell us, Ian? And I'd be interested to, to know what you think which way you think it'll go but I think it'll tell us a lot about Munir Lezez and if he is ready to be a top top prospect in the division what do you think? I definitely agree with you and what we're going to find out uh, on Munir Lezez in this fight is that 
he's going to have to be preparing himself for a dogfight. And is he going to be able for that? Is he going to be able to grit his teeth? Is he going to be able to, to bite down on his gum shield and fight fire with fire, as the old classic saying goes? Because Zaleski, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, what that allows him to do is open up on the feet and throw absolutely powerful shots, no matter where they're coming from, whether it be kicks, whether it be elbows, whether it be knees, or whether it be punches. Zaleski, he doesn't care about overcommitting to shots because he doesn't care about being down on his back. You know what I mean? And that's what I've seen in his previous fights. You know, he um, he was in against Benoit Saint-Denis in his last fight. Benoit Saint-Denis is a f- former UAE Warriors champion. It came in highly touted and undefeated. And he almost beat Saint-Denis today in that fight. The referee in that fight was the the, the Russian guy. It was absolutely scandalous in that oh, fight. The fight that's, should, that's coming back to that? me now. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Remember that fight where it, the fight should have been stopped in round two. The fight should have definitely been stopped in round three. The only thing that cost Zaleski from finishing that fight is that he he beat the Saint-Denis so bad in that fight, he gassed himself out for round three. But he was still dangerous in round three and still should have got the finish. And I mean... Zaleski is the type of fighter I love to love to see. I mean, just throws it reckless abandon. And 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 this is a really intriguing matchup because he's going in there against uh, a guy in Monsor Lazez that has a classic Muay Thai style, like you said. A guy who's like wrong and rangy and knows how to use that. We'll see him throwing knees from the outside. You'll need you'll see him stepping in with those elbows. He just knows how to use his range. He's susceptible to some body shots, which would worry me in this fight. He got hurt in his last fight um, with a body shot. I think Warley Alves stopped him with a triple kick to the to the liver, uh, the liver side. I don't know if it was a liver shot or not, but he got hurt in that fight. And I think that that's what Zaleski is probably going to be targeting in this fight. He's going to be trying to jump in. He's going to throw heavy to the. He's going to throw some heavy shots, heavy punches to the head, and he's going to come in either try and work the body or he's going to try and kick the body from the outside. Because when you are long and you are rangy, if Zaleski manages that distance well enough, he's going to see Lazez making those moves. Lazez is coming in with those short elbows. You can counter those elbows with punches, and you can counter them if you move in the right way. Uh, with some body kicks as well. And what Zaleski is very good at too is not moving laterally. He will move back. He will move from side to side. And those those type of fighters are are very hard to make a read on. And they will all if you don't if you don't get the read on them and you're just looking to follow those kind of fighters, you're going to leave yourself open for big heavy shots. But this is a fantastic fight. I really can't wait. I mean, Lazez is a, a good solid prospect. But a 34 time isn't of the essence for him right now. He's got to make it happen. And look at Zaleski, he's no spring chicken either. He's coming in here, what, age 35 too. So it's a, bat- a battle. Be- I, uh, Zaleski is more battle-worn, but that battle-wornness also brings a lot of experience in there. And Zaleski has been in there with some really experienced guys. And I think that might make, uh, that might play to his benefit here on, uh, on Saturday night. And uh, I think that Zaleski is... He can bring the fight to the ground if he really wants to, and I don't think he's going to need to do that unless he finds himself in big trouble on the feet. But I do think he's good enough to stand and bang with Lazez, and I hope that's what happens because if that happens, we could see a fight of the night here in this fight. I, I agree, yeah. I, I, I think this will either be an all-out war on the feet or 
if Zaleski can get those takedowns and he knows it early, he will keep going back to it. Because you know he's no fool either. And, you know, at the end of the day, you get half your money if you don't go if you don't win. You know, so uh, you couldn't blame him from doing it. Uh, it's one of those fights that I really don't know how it'll go, and I don't know how their styles will match up against each other. Like, you know, I, I, I think. You know, you you talked about uh, um, Muniz kind of moving on the outside and, and things, but I actually think he's almost at the best when he can kind of face you up, if you get me, and fight you straight on. He, when he wants to fight defensively, okay, move around, all right. But Zaleski moves around in a very kind of unorthodox way. He doesn't just circle left. He doesn't just circle right. You could find him anywhere in the cage at any time. And that is a complete juxtaposition, I think, to the way Manuel Lezez fights. We don't know what he's might I say with the knees, knees coming up through the middle and all, everything like that. So uh, I, I find it hard to see in my head how this fight is going to go early other than Lezez trying to cut off the cage kind of not being able to maybe and it turning into a bit of a firefight if Zaleski doesn't get those takedowns, which I think will be fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what you said about Zaleski there is very interesting where he, where he faces guys up because what what I saw him doing in previous fights is he, he has the ability to go on the attack and go on the front foot and get in your face, but he takes moments in his fights where he will go back and he will circle away to kind of reset, and then oh, he yeah. might bring a kicking game from the outside, Lovely and then he might come back in and he might come in with some knees and elbows. He changes it up so much, and it's something that I really enjoy looking at in a fighter who's... And, and that's what you have to do when you're in there. You can't be predictable. You have to change it up, and I think that he is more fastest to his game and even with Lezez and his classic Muay Thai stance I still think that Zaleski is bringing in uh, a more equipped striking game coming into this which is strange to say of a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt yeah you're right and I think Lezez will need to show more if he's going to deal with that and that's the key if he can and if he does show more I think he'll win but if he doesn't I think he'll probably lose so one of them will win lads <laughs> or else it'll be a draw maybe who knows but uh, yeah I'm, look I'm, I'm really really looking forward to that one I think it'll be very good uh, a very different fight in the last one we're going to talk about here I think it's opening up uh, the main card is uh, TJ Laramie uh, against Pat Sabatini we, we were just talking to our good friend there Spencer Kite from over in Canada and uh, he was telling us you know Laramie has been one of these guys who's been fighting since he was 17 years of age nearly uh, coming through in the Canadian scene he's 16 fights he's only I think he's still only 22 maybe he's 23 now but uh, he's very very strong wrestler small kind of swat, squat, squat guy he reminds you built a bit like uh, Artem Labov or someone like that you know the short arm but strong yeah, as well stocky 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 good, good old stock uh, got subbed by Derek Minor in, in his uh, first fight in the UFC though uh, won his Dana White Contender Series fight by Dr stoppage when his opponent basically just kind of gave up because he hurt his uh, uh, he hurt his ribs which is look fair enough I'm not saying anything bad about him or anything but not the best start I suppose to your UFC career having gone back and watched a bit of him I wasn't as impressed with him I have to admit as I was with Pat Sabatini this guy oh he's a strong wrestler strong as an ox BJJ black belt according to the uh, commentary very good cardio he's all about position he's one of those guys he'll go in he'll take you down ragdolls lads around he got hurt against uh, Immers in that fight but similar to Luke as we said earlier he kind of heel hooked him out of nowhere Immers was going for a toe hold and stuff ended up heel hooking him 
look, I came out of watching backboard of these guys and thinking Sabatini's going to win this fight. Sabatini has a higher ceiling and Sabatini could be a guy we're talking about in the future, that division that's going a long way. How, how did you see it when you went watching uh, some of these lads' fights? Sometimes, Sean, I hesitate to go all in on an opinion because time and time again, like I said to you before, MMA, it's a cruel, cruel mistress sometimes and it can make you out to be very, very foolish at the best of times. But I have the utmost confidence that Pat Sabatini is going to go in there and win this fight. And there's no disrespect to TJ Laramie. Look, he deserves to be there too. He won his fight on the Contender Series. He got caught by submission. He's a young guy. He can build on it. But I think he's going in there with, with... bit a phenom on the ground if if I must say it like that I think Pat Sabatini Pat Sabatini came into to the UFC as the Cage Fury Federate champion Cage Fury a prominent uh, MMA organization in North America um, he was actually supposed to to fight for the title and he was very highly touted in that organization as well. Uh, while fighting uh, for the Federate championship he had a, a, a horrific arm break which kind of set him back. He came back from that. He won the featherweight championships in Cage Fury again and hence got into the UFC. He trains with Sean Brady down at Henzo Gracie in Philly. Me and you have talked about Sean Brady time and time again, how great a prospect he is in the welterweight division. What I see with Pat Sabatini is, like you said, an absolutely phenomenal wrestler and and, and a, a, has a killer instinct to his Brazilian jiu-jitsu is always looking for the finish. What I see with TJ Laramie is a guy who gets caught in an awful lot of submissions, whether they land, whether they, like in the Contender Series, he almost got caught in two submissions. Almost got caught in two positions in there. We've seen in his first fight with Minner, got caught, left his head in there, got caught with the guillotine. He cannot afford even half of those kind of mistakes against a guy like Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini is going to get this fight down early. His control and patience on the mat and his top control and Sabatini's top control is phenomenal. The flow, he just rides his opponent. He lets his opponent think that they're going to improve their position and he just slides into a better position. He he's an excellent back taker on the mat. And he's and his go-to is is the rear naked choke. Um I just cannot see in any fathom of sense that Pat Sabatini loses this. And <laughs> stranger things could happen in MMA. Back Sean, you know me now. Back we both. Back. <laughs> we're, we're both gone for Sabatini. Yeah. Back Laramie. I think Sabatini by submission all day in this fight. I just cannot see it. I cannot see any other way. Yeah. I think Pat Sabatini is a great fighter. I think that, you know, he's 31 years of age now. A big statement win on the start of this card. We're going to see him make some waves in the featherweight division in the UFC. How far he'll be go, he'll go is yet to be seen. I'm a big Sabatini fan. I'm always excited to see him fight. And I feel that this is a very winnable fight for him on Saturday night. You'll be thrown out of Canada after saying that now. <laughs> One of your own, but I I agree a hundred percent. And I, you know. We'll be uh, we'll be getting the betting show here in the next couple of days, but I would tend to agree and that might be one of my bets. And if you are betting uh, on this card, and who will you be betting for on UFC on ESPN 34, Luke versus Muhammad to can the uh, Bilal beat the odds and defeat Luke, or is the Brazilian winning by TKO a given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years, and there's a reason it's the number one you. UFC Sportsbook with more betting options, live betting at games. BetUS.com is your new home for UFC betting. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use the code SHERDOG, S-H-E-R-D-O-G. 
Ian, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you to everybody for listening. If you're not following Ian, please do at MMA over on Twitter. Give a thumbs up here. Like this video. Tell your friends about it. Looking forward to the fights this weekend. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com. And we'll see you all next time.